Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. I am your host, Demi, and this is the final episode of season two of the podcast. If you're listening to this now, that means you survived 2020. And to be fair, with the year that we've had, that is a huge achievement in itself. Congratulations on making it through. Let's hope that 2021 doesn't throw as many curved balls at us. In today's episode, I want to go over the year that was. My experience, where I started in the year and the ups and downs that I had. I want to be as honest and transparent as possible in this episode. And if you're hearing a bit of background noise, it is because I am sitting in the middle of a park near my house. The outdoors is one thing that we missed and one thing I know I definitely took for granted. And after being locked indoors for over 100 days in Melbourne, being outside is definitely a place that I want to be more. So let's jump straight into episode 40 of the Millennial Crisis podcast, How Weird Was 2020? I think the most logical place to start with this episode is where I was at the start of the year. And that was a totally different space than where I am now. And at that point, I literally was on top of the world. I thought that I had hacked life, if I'm honest. I was working for an American company, getting paid in US dollars and traveling around South America, which is a place that the cost of living is a lot lower than Australia, the US or a lot of Western countries. I was working 20 hours a week while hiking Patagonia and living from Airbnb to Airbnb. I honestly would wake up every morning and pinch myself at what my life was. And although it came with its own struggles, although being abroad and away from people and in a place that I didn't speak the language had its own challenges, it, it, they were challenges that I was excited to face and just could not believe what my life was. <laughs> If we fast forward to when I had to come back home and was trapped in my mum's bedroom, self-isolating for 14 days, relying on my mum and sister to bring food to my door, I was definitely in a very different position, just like many of us in 2020. I went over a lot of that in detail in episode, in the first episode of this season, But what I wanted to do now was share a bit of the ups and downs that I experienced this year and wanted to really reflect on the year that was, the good, the bad, the ugly, and try and be as transparent as possible as I can with you because I know that we all experience things at different levels and in different ways this year, but I just want to acknowledge that we all experience some kind of loss, some kind of, you know, toss into the mix, um, something different. You know, we were all faced with 
something that we weren't expecting this year and I think it'd be awesome to reflect on that with myself and hopefully allow you to reflect on your year as well. I wanted to share a story that really stands out to me and probably one of my lower points of the year. I wouldn't say lowest because I think I had quite a few lowest points this year but it was definitely one of my low points and one that that definitely stands out to me and that was having dinner with my mum and sister and just suddenly breaking down at the dinner table and crying and laughing at the same time crying because that day I was I was about to turn 26 I think I was a couple of months away from turning six and that day I had applied for Job Seeker, which if you're not in Australia is like our welfare payment system, um, a different kind of one for COVID. And I'm so grateful that we live in a country that supports us in that way. And I was doing that because I had no idea what the year was going to hold. And I was definitely living out of fear at that time. I had kind of a low confidence in my own working abilities and was and and was surrounded by negative kind of thoughts and negative news that was all telling me the job market was going to be minimal and I was going to really struggle to find work or to get clients if I was working for myself and in an hour and a half I was supposed to teach a Instagram masterclass at one of the top tech ed schools around the globe and I was laughing because I was the teacher I was the person that was going to give these students information on how they could excel their careers how to upskill in this in this workshop and I had just finished applying for job seeker payments and I had no clue what the future held for me or where I was going career-wise or life-wise and it, it's a moment that I still remember now and it's, it's kind of burnt into my mind because it was just such a strange place to be in. So there was a lot of shame I felt for that and for anyone else who was in that position whether you were working somewhere and you became redundant or you were just in a limbo stage already and had no idea where you wanted to take your career and then COVID hit you and you just felt even more lost that was a huge kind of change and it wasn't necessarily the external factors that hit us a lot of things speaking for myself that hit me this year was the mental struggle that I had the internal struggle that I had with myself and the confidence battle I continuously had there that was definitely one big standout moment this year that I really wanted to touch on and from there as my confidence was so low and as I was no longer in an environment where I was seeing change I was seeing alternative ways of living I was seeing and living proof that you can 
have it all. You can work, you can travel, you can live an amazing life and not have to live for the weekends or be miserable, you know, eight, nine, ten hours of the day and go home and do nothing really because you're you're drained of energy of, of the workday. Being back home and living in this kind of fear mindset as Melbourne went back into lockdown, I felt the only way for me to move forward was to go back into stability and I'm if you're listening to me but I'm putting quotation marks outside of that because it's everything that I don't believe in I don't believe that working a nine-to-five necessarily means stability and and 2020 definitely showcased that but and and again I don't think a nine-to-five is a bad thing anyway I think that it serves a purpose for a lot of people but for me I know that that style of work in that particular capacity of five days a week nine to five isn't for me but I was stuck in this fear mindset I had really low confidence in my work abilities and so I started applying for work and I landed a job it was a six-figure role as a, a marketing consultant slash strategist. And it was six figures. Uh, the role was in Sydney, so it was fully remote, which checked one of my boxes. However, this was the first employee contract I was ever going to sign. My job history in the past has always been as a contractor or subcontractor, which means that I've never worked five days a week kind of indefinitely it's always been on a specific time frame of a contract or it has been four days a week or I've worked freelance or worked for myself you know all of those different variations this was my first time signing that that full-time contract and although in my gut it didn't feel right I felt like I had no other choice and from the outside when I told people I, I landed this job I was kind of gleaming and I was saying you know oh yeah it's so great it's doing all of the stuff that I want to do in my field um, and then I'll still have time to do my podcast and and the other stuff that I love and that was true the role description was the areas of digital marketing that I enjoyed it was surrounded by people it was being part of a team but it was working for an agency which again is an environment that I know isn't for me and some ethics that are within agency life I don't necessarily agree with however that was one thing that I confronted the people at the at the job with and I asked them you know what they thought about agency life how they ran it and it was one thing that we kind of bonded on throughout the interview process was how they don't run their business as well and um, you know they don't put clients first they put the dollar figure first and all of that stuff so you know my mind was kind of eased at the time and although I think deep down I knew it was the wrong move for me I went through it and I definitely went through it out of fear unlucky and lucky for me the working environment ended up being super toxic the person that I was working for was very manipulative lied all the time 
told me the role was one thing and it ended up being another thing expected me to essentially be their business partner and all yes I was making six figures but for the amount of work that they were requiring of me it was not worth the outcome of that as well as being like experiencing gaslighting experiencing a really really toxic work culture for the first time ever in my life and I didn't realize the toll that that could take on a person I had no energy I was questioning myself a lot I felt quite mad like I felt like I was going mad because I would hear one thing and then something else would happen and I was kind of having this internal struggle with myself thinking I can't leave this place like I've just got here and after a month I'm already considering leaving and I had multiple conversations with the workplace to touch on some of the points that I struggled with and just really open and transparent conversations to say this isn't what I expected and I guess just one little sample for people trying to figure out what a toxic workplace was I guess one sample was that I was told that we had a team of five and was only introduced to two people and when I asked to be introduced to the other people in the business um, I was told no I was told just email them and do a little intro that way so essentially they were just offshore workers um, that weren't necessarily in the business well I guess this is the assumption that I have because I never met them um, or spoke with them anyway but it was just a series of different situations (laughs) like that Um, and so yeah so I was having this internal struggle with myself of saying how can I quit such a well-paid job in the middle of a global pandemic and also how can I have the morals and values that I have and the things that I talk about in the podcast in my content and be working in the total opposite working in an environment that I am against and I encourage other people to move out of as as quickly as they can and we don't all have the luxury of being able to quit a job without any safety net and we, we just don't and so some people have to continue working in those places and seek work elsewhere and until they secure another job they can't and at this time I had reached out to a whole bunch of people in my network secured a client and decided that I was going to spend a lot more time on my own personal brand and the millennial crisis content. So after consulting with a lot of kind of mentors in my life, consulting with family members, hearing from other people that my workplace was as toxic as I thought it was, kind of validated things for me and I ended up leaving within two months. So I quit within, I think, six weeks. I think it was five weeks. I quit within five weeks and then told them that I was happy to stay while they secured somebody else. 
because again even if a workplace has wronged you you should never be as bad as them and I truly stand by that I think that it's always perfect to to give a place your all and to not let them down just because they have let you down and so I did that we left on great terms and again I would never publicly talk about them negatively it was COVID I cut them a lot of slack because it was a stressful time for everybody but given the lockdown and all all of that and perhaps if I if Melbourne wasn't in lockdown perhaps if my mind wasn't so all over the place and COVID didn't exist then the workplace would have been fine but at that time it was something that was not for me and I was ashamed to say that for a long time I was ashamed to say that I could not handle working there and being in lockdown and all of the other things that were happening I was yeah I was ashamed to say that I couldn't handle it but at the end of the day that's the reality and I didn't need to have handled it because I knew that I was more than capable of figuring something else out and if that meant making a quarter of the money that I was making there then I was happy to do that and that meant sacrificing living with my mum for a bit longer then I was happy to do that and so I left I left and I went all in on the millennial crisis this is where things started to change for me I had a conversation with a friend after because if I'm honest I was shitting my pants I was now out on my own and I didn't want to be I didn't want to be all in I didn't want to be working for myself Um, I didn't want that pressure I wanted to be able to grow the stuff that I was doing slowly and I know and when you go all in on something it's your baby and you're working on it a lot more than you would a regular job and to be honest the results that you get the money that you're making is usually pumped straight back into the business so it's not like you're making big money <laughs> uh, which is the assumption and the thing that we're sold when you are working for yourself and it's it's re- it's not true I had a chat with a friend who was in a similar position who left a high-paying job during a pandemic she said something to me that really kind of stuck with me and a question that I've asked myself throughout the rest of the year and it was are you doing it out of love or fear and I know that sounds a little bit wanky but when I was going for that job I went for it out of fear I went for it out of low confidence I went for it because I thought I needed to wait and save money to go back to the normal life or the life that I tried to escape earlier I didn't do it because I wanted to do it or I knew that it was the right next move for me I did it because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do or that was the right thing to do since then I started asking myself this question a lot more and I'll tell you something going for things out of love is a lot harder than going for things out of fear and I'll tell you why (laughs) one it takes a lot longer I began running the Millennial Crisis virtual events at that time. Honestly, one, to connect with people again. 
one of the biggest things I missed from traveling was being surrounded by people and being surrounded by people who thought differently, who, who were questioning things. And by things, I don't mean whether COVID is real or not. I mean things like what we're supposed to do with our lives, chasing careers with purpose, wanting to have a side hustle or you know working in a nine to five and being happy with that and having things that fulfilled them outside of the workplace and so I wanted to connect with people like that again so I started these virtual events and I had no expectations of what they were going to be but the first session I ever ran was mental health in a digital age and I'll be honest that first session blew my fucking mind I sat down with five or six strangers I can't remember now exactly how many people were in the session and there was there was five or six of us all together and I asked the question about what I think it was something along the lines of what is your experience what do you think mental health means to you and lucky for me the first person who went had such an open and honest answer that it set the tone for the rest of the group and it created a really safe space for people to be vulnerable because in order to get vulnerability for people you have to be vulnerable or someone has to set the precedence of vulnerability and the conversation we had from there one made me feel incredible that six strangers could connect and have such different experiences of the same topic but just collectively connect over the fact that we were all experiencing some form of change and that was amazing and from there I knew that I needed to continue running these events and I needed to invite more people to join these conversations So I ran, I think it was 28 events, 28 virtual events. And we now have 45 people in our Slack community and over 80 people who joined the events from around the globe. That may seem like small numbers to someone listening right now, but to me, that was massive. That was massive that 80 strangers put themselves out there in a way to talk to random people online and I met some unreal people through that some crazy stories some incredible stories and some super inspiring stories from everyday people if I never quit that job if COVID never happened I don't know if those events would have ever happened so That is definitely one incredible thing that happened out of this year. And I want to clarify there that I wasn't making any money doing these events. I was actually losing money, if anything, because I was paying for the Zoom calls. I was, you know, promoting the events so much, you know, spending a lot of time on them. I, I wasn't making anything from them. I was purely doing it because... I loved the conversations we were having and I saw the impact that those conversations were having on people and that ripple effect happening in the community. The other thing that I kind of doubled down on was my podcast and 
these conversations that I got to have with incredible people. And if you've listened to this season, I hope you would see that these conversations were so much more in depth and incredible than the ones I was having in season one. And that's a testament to two things. One, my progress as an interviewer and kind of just getting more comfortable with interviewing people and two the vulnerability of the guests that I had and their openness and willingness to talk about mental health no matter what situation they were in no matter if they looked like the most successful person ever or if they were just your everyday Joe Blow happy-go-lucky person that was struggling with things that you wouldn't have thought that they were struggling with And that was another thing that really kind of kept me going this year and and got me to an incredible point. Now, going all in on these things meant that I wasn't making six figures, that I wasn't making the money that I usually would in the digital marketing area. And that was okay because I was doing what I wanted to do in 2020. 2020 was supposed to be the gap year, the exploration year, the year of figuring a lot out, figuring out my next move. And I still did that in lockdown. Through the conversations I had, I realized that social media was having a huge impact on millennials and an even bigger impact than I had originally thought. And I've been researching millennials for the past two, nearly three years now. And I knew that the digital age was having an impact through the conversations that I've been having with people. But when that topic came up in every single conversation we had without it being necessarily the topic of conversation, it just showcased how important or how much these things were affecting us and how much the digital age is impacting millennials and Gen Z. And so that was one of my big kind of discoveries and an area that I really want to move into next year. Next year I've said is my year of action. Another thing that I did this year was I ran my first workshop I solo workshop you know I I run classes and teach classes with General Assembly which is incredible and I'm so grateful for but I decided to run my first six-week content marketing boot camp and I sold it to 10 people which might not seem like a big number to anyone else but that was my goal and that was what I did and The boot camp was amazing. It was challenging. It was hard. I questioned a lot of myself during it, but I did it. And it is something that I want to continue to do and grow on the side. So where I am now is that I am wanting to live the true multi-hyphenate life, which is that I don't work at one place, that I have a lot of different things that I do that sit within the same constraint. And the constraint is the digital world and the impact it has on millennials or the now generation, so millennials and Gen Z. So it's combining the eight years I've worked in digital marketing 
with the research I've done on millennials and the impact the digital world is happening is having on our minds and where we are heading in our lives. So that will come in the form of the podcast, in the form of workshops at workplaces and in schools, having open conversations about social media and how to best navigate it. So moving into the space of digital wellness, which is how we can use the digital world to enhance our lives rather than having it hinder us and learning how to switch off and not saying I'm going to go on a digital detox for a week or a month and then falling back into old habits, but figuring out ways that we can live a sustainable life combining the necessity we need with digital and also not having it impact our minds in the way that it does. So that is the space that I'm moving into now and I've been doing course after course on digital wellness and looking up how I need to upskill in this area to be able to have these conversations and deliver them confidently and make a change in the space because there is no one doing this and it really scares me for the younger generation that aren't having these conversations and being in environments where people don't even know what to tell them or how they can tackle these issues. So that is that. The next thing is that I am also looking for part-time remote work. So I don't want to be looking for clients. I don't want to be working with multiple clients all the time. And I know that is the dream for some people, but for me, I want a lot more of my work to be put into the digital wellness space and in the podcast and in creating content and working for myself in a money-making perspective as well requires a lot more work than working for somebody else. And so my ideal situation would be to work two or three days a week for another business, give them my all for that time and have that be working remotely. And I know this sounds like a lot to ask for, but I feel as though this is where I work my best and this is the work that I'm going to be looking for. And I don't think I am ready to settle for anything less than that. So I don't know. We'll see next year if I continue here because I guess if not in an, I guess if enough time passes and I can't secure this style work, then perhaps my, you know, quote unquote security will come from another place. So that is my aim. That is my goal. And there are there are a lot of businesses that are doing this now and are willing to be open for this now. So. Yeah, that is my kind of other element. And the third element is that I bought a van and I am planning on transforming it, having no experience whatsoever in van transformation and have no idea how to make my way around a power tool um, to turn it into a bit of a home, a semi-home, so that I can travel around Australia, whether that be on weekends, whether that be full-time for a period, whether that be on small trips. I want to be able to travel and explore and get out in nature. I don't want to be doing the work during the week and live for the weekends thing. I'm definitely 
I'm definitely not wanting to go back to that lifestyle and I can see myself getting caught back up into that so I want to continue exploring I want to continue meeting new people and in season three I want to talk to a lot more people who are living alternative lifestyles an alternative can be working a nine-to-five and doing crazy hobbies on the weekends it does not have to be this fully remote wild alternative lifestyle I want to talk to a bunch of different people who are living different lifestyles so you can have an idea of what kind of lifestyle you want to lead and work towards finding work that fits into that instead of working towards instead of working towards work that helps you climb a ladder or achieve your next goal I've been obsessed with TikTok and I saw this video the other day and this is how I would really love to end the podcast and it was talking about something that this woman's therapist said to her that has stuck with her for her whole life and it was to not live a goals-based life but live a values-based life. So instead of just checking boxes, instead of having a goal and working towards it, checking it off and never fully being satisfied to live a life by your values so that every day you are content knowing that you are living your life in an ethical or moral way by your own standards and hopefully living a happier life because the goals aren't the outcome you're searching for you're having small little wins every day just by living by your values. And that might be encouraging someone to, you know, stop using plastic bags when they buy their fruit and veggies. Or it might be having an open conversation with a colleague about how much money you're getting paid because you're passionate about people getting paid their worth. Or it might be going out in nature every day and exploring the different parks or the different tracks in your state or in your city that they're not these kind of big goals they are living your values and your values might be exploration it might be transparency it might be honesty i guess you everyone has to figure that out for themselves and if you want to find out more about that I think episode two is the best one for that and that's educating yourself on yourself with um, Sam so yeah that is how I wanted to end this episode I am so excited to bring you season three which will likely be a lot of recordings outside of my van inside my van uh, hopefully when that is done I'll be honest I'm a bit overwhelmed at the moment of all the work that I have to do and the little information I have on what it takes to transform a van um, and the cost (laughs) that it is. Uh, It's a lot of money to transform the van in the way that I want to and not having a job at the moment. You know, uh, yes, I work for myself. Yes, I am making a bit of money here and there and yes I have savings but that money worry for me is definitely still there so for anyone who is feeling that right now I definitely feel you and also for anyone who is living at home with their parents in their late 20s or their early 30s or their late 30s which we've had all of the above in our millennial event sessions that there is no shame in that and that 
by doing that and not putting yourself in a worse financial situation is the best decision for you. And if it's not because of financial situations, if it's just because you need support from your family as well, then that is okay. Like there is no shame in any lifestyle choices you need. There is no shame in struggling. There is no shame in not having a job or working towards something or being in a job you hate and wanting to leave it, even though it seems perfect to everyone else. Um, I really just wanted to stress that and I hope that after this episode or I challenge you after this episode to reflect on your year that was and I'm sure you're going to be able to come up with a lot of bad things that happened this year but I would love for you to reflect on some good things that happened as well because although 2020 wasn't the year I expected I think it's the year that I needed it was the year I needed to reflect on the way I was living, reflect on where my life was heading and reevaluate things. And I don't think I've ever been more confident in where I want my life to go and being kind of relentless in the pursuit of this lifestyle. And at the start of season one of the podcast, I said I wanted to find something I was passionate about and work tirelessly to achieve that. And that is what I have figured out now. It's not necessarily a passion, but it is a lifestyle that I want to lead and I won't give up until I am able to live that every day. And I'm just grateful for being pushed off my pedestal and starting from scratch again and feeling through all of those things because I know that I've done it how many times before and I'm going to do it again and I'm likely going to do it again in future and the more practice you have at starting from scratch the more practice you have at falling off your throne or your high horse or not that I thought I was you know but falling from grace that you kind of grow better and it becomes easier each time so that's it thank you so so much for all of the support throughout the podcast you honestly mean the world to me and and having your ear to listen to me babble on has been incredible I'm so grateful for the millennial crisis community it is not me it is every single person who is a part of it who chooses to listen who chooses to do the challenges who engages in every way I could not be any more grateful for every single one of you so thank you again and if you want to share with me your reflections of 2020 I would love for you to do so dm me on instagram or send me an email and let me know what 2020 was for you Enjoy your Christmas and New Year and I will see you in 2021 with season three of the Millennial Crisis podcast. I've already recorded a few episodes and I'm actually that fucking excited to share them with you because the people I've already got on are unreal and they are going to inspire you to do a lot of things, not just career-wise, just life-wise in general. So... I will see you then. Bye.